Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. <clears throat> Good afternoon and welcome to Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero for the workday afternoon. In the studio with me, finance presenter JP. How's it going? How was your weekend? Uh, very uneventful, actually. A lot of sleep and a lot of rest. I think I baked enough for a small store. And you didn't send any over the studio. How nice of you. Ah, ah that's that. That's the carrot after, <laughs> after we get through the race. All right, all right. Okay, <laughs> I get it. All right. It has been a very exciting weekend, a lot of election campaigning action. And I'm looking at the markets today. The SDI before the lunch break was up by almost 1%. I don't know if that's still the case. So the update and the latest uh, check a few minutes after the resumption of trading here this afternoon. And you are on the money, Clarissa. We are almost 1% up. That's 0.96% in the green to be exact. So this is 25 and a half points up, 2,678. But mind you, this if we hold on to these gains, this will make it 5 straight days of wins for mm, the Straits Times mm. Index and for local stocks overall. But the same pattern is playing out for the most part. Value turnover still remains relatively thinner than we've seen in the last three months, about 474 million Singapore dollars in total trades changing hands. So you're still seeing just some caution and some conservatism. No one's really getting too wild out there in the markets, it seems. As we mentioned, this could be an, a myriad of issues. It could also be just some of the continued uncertainties in, in terms of global markets and also global public health. Also, because because maybe folks have a little bit more on their minds than actually trading at the moment because we are, what is it, four days away? Three days of cam- campaigning left and five days from polling day. Oh, there you go. So wouldn't blame traders if they were thinking about this more than their portfolios at the moment. Not really getting too carried away or not really trying to uh, find some exciting trade to go cal- cavalier on. And the good thing also is that despite the seeming caution, markets are choosing to move up. And it's not even a small move up. It's a 1% gain. Juxtapose that against the rest of the region. That's also seeing some pretty measured gains for most major markets, except for one, it's Australia's turn to stay in the red. And it seems that they might actually lose some ground out in Sydney. But the ASX 200, it's not down by much. It's just down by 0.4%. So you're talking about 23 points off of the Sydney benchmark at 6,034 points. The Nikkei 225, in contrast, is up by 1.9%. So there's some strong gains for markets out in Japan today. Uh, the same story for the South Korean KOSPI, up by about 1.5%. So uh, stocks and solar are trading 33 points higher, at least by what the index is showing us. In Taipei, the Taiwan-weighted stock exchange also trading 1.5% in the green. They are coming to their close. And it seems Monday, the start to the new week is going to be a good start, at least for Taiwanese stocks and Japanese stocks, South Korean stocks. But take a look at how well mainland Chinese markets are doing today. This is something we read a while ago. The Shanghai Composite has jumped up by 5.1%. I know. I, I thought <clears throat> I was looking at it wrong. Yeah, and, I, the Shenzhen Bo- <laughs> and the Shenzhen Bourse is, uh, is paling in comparison, but no slouch either. You're seeing the the, the Shenzhen counterpart uh, jumping up by 3.3%, and the Hang Seng also trading 3.4% higher. Now, there could be, this could also have something to do with a lot of markets following the lead of what uh, Bloomberg points out as a positive editorial from the state-run Securities Times in China. And the editorial said in the front page uh, this Monday that fostering a healthy bull market after the pandemic is now more important for the economy than ever, and saying that there's accelerating gains in stock market reform and excess global liquidity, which means 
that and it's saying also that this underscores why having a mature financial market in China is very, very important, especially given that there's a tussle between world powers. They need to bolster up the markets there. And they're actually crediting the positivity in mainland China to this front page editorial from the Securities Times. But you're also seeing how closely linked business and positive politics, for lack of a better term, seem to have a relation on many Chinese markets, at least for Shanghai. And Shanghai is trading very, very strongly today. And it's filtering out down to Hong Kong, 3.4% in the green for the Hang Seng, despite all of this ongoing political uncertainty also. But to track also in Hong Kong, the MTR, and I just want to see how well their share price is doing out in Hong Kong, is up by about 2.8%. And a lot of these companies that were viewed as being at risk from potential protests going awry Mm -hmm. or turning a bit Mm -hmm. more violent than facing public defacing, they're seen as possibly gaining because the new security law that China has implemented out in Hong Kong. Of course, there's still a very big point of contention. There's still a very strong current of people in Hong Kong, especially the pro-democracy supporters who don't approve of this particular law. So this could still lead to some more political uncertainty. But for the most part, uh, Hong Kong stocks are trading higher today and they are now trading at about 26,203. So over the course of today's session, they've actually reached 26,000. So they're also going from strength to strength. And I think the big question for Singapore right now is that we're sitting at 2,679. Will we possibly even threaten 2,700 given how we've gone from strength to strength? You greedy boy! Yeah, well, it's a fair question to ask, right? Because of how, how well we're doing. But we have to remember this is all happening on thinner activity. So maybe not today. But if we continue to see these measured gains and we actually see a pickup again in value turnover after after this week or maybe even after the elections, if folks are waiting for the results, at least before they actually release some of some more animal spirits, for lack of a better Mm -hmm, term. mm -hmm. This is possible also for the Straits Times Index. I'm not saying that uh, it's a bullish outlook. I mean, there's still a lot of uncertainties out there. But so far, when you have this thin trading activity and then you've got stocks moving in a positive direction, I mean, that's got to count for something, right? It's got to count for something. And it's certainly putting smiles on some people's faces. Absolutely. Yeah. To start this new week. But on Friday, for Market View Wrap, uh, I brought up how hospitality was doing. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that we can continue on that, that uh, story. And I'll ask you again. How, how is hospitality doing? Today? Well, let's see. Well, if you take the advice of, uh, of DBS, they have a rather, uh, sorry for the pun, rather hospitable outlook on the oh. H Trust right now. The hospitality trust today are doing very well. Um, I would say Far East Hospitality Trust, just to point out one example, 2.9% in the green. CDL Hospitality Trust, they're trying to match that. They're up by about 2.8%. So this is a good day for this hospitality trust. And Fraser's Hospitality Trust outperforming the other major ones. They're up by 3.2%. ARA Hospitality Trust also trading 1.3% in the green today. This could also have something to do with the recent research note that DBS's analysts released saying that the reopening of hotels here will be positive for all hoteliers in the Republic. And they're saying that it's down to one word and that's staycations. Now, whether or not you feel comfortable to go back to a hotel today to uh, participate in a staycation, that's something only uh, you as an individual can answer. But they're saying that there could be some actual demand from people who are cooped up at home and trying to find at least a break or some separation from their house also. Um, they are actually very positive on Far East Hospitality Trust, which is probably why they, them and uh, CDL Hospitality Trust are among the top gainers today. They say they're going to be prime beneficiaries because this, uh, their exposure in Singapore is at 
about 100% of the portfolio for East Hospitality is here. Mm-hmm. And for CDL Hospitality Trust, it's going to be 65%. And they actually believe that the Sentosa hotels will likely benefit first because they are the most attractive alternatives, given most of them are still confined within local shores. And they've got a buy call on both CDL Hospitality and Far East Hospitality Trust because of their strong exposure in the Sentosa area. As we mentioned, they're all trading very high today. They've also said that this is just part of that return. If you, they are able to jumpstart some of this cash flow based on these possible staycations, this could actually give them some upside. But we have to also mention that, that you're probably not going to see one of the biggest drivers in revenues for these hotels and these H trusts, which is the international travelers who are going to come in. Because let's be honest, there are none that are coming at, <laughs> at the moment. And this will keep a lot of the revenues hamstrung for the most part also. Nevertheless, DBS's Derek Tan, who's their, who's their analyst, did say that they noted a lot of these S-REITs, the hospitality S-REITs at least, derive rental income based on the rental formula with a fixed component set by the respective sponsors. Their ability to generate businesses through staycations will help them alleviate these cash flow issues significantly. So again, at this point, when you're this battered as an economy, and this not, doesn't just go for the hospitality sector, for many other sectors, if you're even able to show that, you know, I'm able to t- turn one of the taps on and get a little bit of water running into or a little bit of cash flow flowing into mm, my accounts, mm. this is going to be seen as a huge win and also just a way to just release some of the pressures that all of this uncertainty is weighing on some of these uh, hospitality rates. And you're seeing it actually, them actually performing well. What I'm really surprised is they didn't name Fraser's Hospitality Trust among their top picks, but they're actually outperforming the top picks of DBS at the moment. Fraser's Hospitality up by 3.2%, Far East and CDL up by just 2.8% again. But again, can, do you really want to scoff at a 2.8% intraday gain, especially given how battered they were also? And as we mentioned with Jeff, uh, how he actually told us just last Friday that this is also one of those sectors that you're starting to see just a little bit of support forming for some of these particular stocks. And I think he was pointing at CDL Hospitality Trust in particular. The others might be following suit as well. It'll be interesting to see for those investors who have got positions in regional markets, how that translates to uh, regional hospitality REITs for them there. I think it's also going to come down to both the spending power of your local populations, Mm -hmm. how much disposable income you'll have, and how much are you willing to actually try and how much are you willing to spend to be able to get get away from the day-to-day life. Now, we of course, obviously, we can't travel overseas at the right. moment. So the best thing you can do to try and to possibly use up your vacation leave might be to consider some of these staycations. But again, you, you if there is an influx of folks looking for staycations, that means these places are going to be very busy. Um, you'll have to be very careful about, about some of the, the public health regulations also, mm-hmm. social distancing, mask wearing, and hoping that nobody who, who is... Uh, asymptomatic, for instance, checks into that hotel also. So there are still a couple of issues that I'm sure folks might be worried about also. But generally, maybe the, they're betting on the fact that folks might be a little too sick of tired of staying at home. and They want to stay in a hotel, even if it's just for and a quick weekend. And to be weekend. honest, as a Singaporean, I can tell you this, we quite like our staycations. This mm. is not a new idea for us. We ah. do this quite a lot. So this is very different from the Gojek driver who I got the other day uh, a few months ago where he said, I don't understand why anybody would want to leave the comfort of, of his or her home, but apparently Maybe there's more. Maybe he has a really nice home. That is very possible too. Yes, and he's just doing that for a little bit of uh, spending money. <laughs> Just get out of the house for there a little you go. while and the nagging wife. I'm it, 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 just was, it was a nice Gojek. It was a nice Gojek card. Very comfortable, I remember. All right. We go from hospitality to food because food is another essential component in whatever situation it might mm-hmm. be. 
Jeff, uh, um, this is interesting because we talked about this a few months ago with yes, their we, Meiji deal. Yes, we did. And it, it's, uh, it's interesting because of how many uh, potential countries this, this covers. Japfa, which, uh, Japfa um, has closed the st- sale of a 25% stake in their, in their subsidiary or their unit, Ost Asia Investment Holdings, which isn't based in Australia, but is their dairy farming business in China. And they're selling this 25% stake to Japan's Meiji, and they're going to receive about 254 million U.S. dollars in total cash, which they're going to then use to pay down a current syndicated loan they have that's worth 253 million. So basically, this is just for them to try and pare down their debt. And a number of analysts have pointed out that the repayment of the term loan will thus improve the group's consolidated leverage ratio and also help them strengthen their balance sheet, which is very important these times because a lot of folks and a lot of companies are facing um, debt pressures uh, and trying to repay some of their debt, especially given how challenging it's going to be because of the decrease in cash flow and the need to try and generate cash to meet some of these obligations. JAPFA, though, will continue to manage the farming operations of Ostasia in China and also supply raw milk to Meiji under a five-year rolling contract. Now, the thing, too, to note is that JAPFA is still going to control, have a controlling stake in Ostasia of about 75%, and they are actually one of the leading independent producers of premium raw milk. And the completion of the deal, of course, will depend on the approval granted by shareholders and satisfaction of certain pre-needed conditions or prerequisite conditions as part of the deal also. Mind you, Japfa already supplies raw milk to Meiji for its downstream operations in China and closer linkage by both. We'll see Japfa at least combine their expertise in dairy farming and raw milk with Meiji's processing operations and well-recognized brand in dairy products also. And they see this more as a strategic partnership going into China, but also we'll see Meiji take on a bigger a bigger stake at least in the uh, this Chinese business that happens to be called Asia. Japfa's shares today trading about uh, at 67 cents a piece, about uh, 0.75% in the green. So they're also gaining some ground mm-hmm. on the news of this. But a lot of this uh, really will go towards helping Japfa improve their balance sheet and pay down some of these syndicated loans. It's better if you can pay some, some of your loans down now if you have the space to try and stay to, to improve your balance sheet and your gearing ratios moving forward, especially if you're very uncertain about some of your cash flows. Well, call me selfish. I really, this, this was like a, mm, yeah, okay, whatever. As long as I get my hands on my Meiji milk when I want it. There you go. There you go. And we'll, 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 I think this is an operate. This is based on their. This is more. This more affects their operations in China mm-hmm. more, 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 more than anything else. But uh, last I checked, you know, at the NTUC fair price. I mean, they still had a fairly healthy supply of Meiji milk. If that's that's what all I for. need to know. Uh, yeah. Beyond that, it's it's all. A cute story. Yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> not selfish at all, people. No, 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 not at all. It's just a Monday. <laughs> and with that, this has been Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero with uh, JP Ong, who will be back for his next Market View update on primetime. Stay with us for that. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.